This paid program may not represent the views of Hubbard Broadcasting Incorporated or Federal News Network. Statements and opinions of this broadcast are solely those of individual contributors or advertisers as indicated. Federal News Network does not take responsibility for those statements or opinions and accepts no responsibility or liability for any inaccuracy, errors, or omissions reported during this program. Welcome to the 2019 Federal Executive Forum Series on Federal News Network, proudly celebrating 14 years. Today's episode brings you IT modernization in government. Here's your host, Luke McCormack. Good afternoon and welcome to this month's show. I'm Luke McCormack. During today's show, we will discuss best practices with IT modernization strategies in the federal government. With me on today's show are Gandhi Alawalia, Chief Information Officer, Department of Labor, Maria Roach, Chief Information Officer, SBA, Chris Kalora, Senior Director, Ruckus Network Federal, Carl Mathias, Chief Information Officer and Assistant Director, U.S. Marshal Service, Sanjay Sadar, Vice President of Modernization at SAIC, Sura Raphael Askadam, Chief Officer, Modernization Department of Veterans Affairs, and Henry Sowell, Chief Information Officer, Cloudera. Well, we're talking about IT modernization, but I want to say IT transformation, because this is really about transforming, right? We're transforming the, the experience to the citizen, to the, 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 the uh, small business owner, to the veterans, uh, to the U.S. Marshals folks, uh, you know, name your mission. Uh, and we're also transforming the way we're doing that, right? Modernizing in a modern way. So um, as we look at going on that journey, Gandhik, let me start with you and just tell us about uh, sort of what's going on over at the Department of Labor. We're hearing a lot of stuff, we're reading a lot of stuff, a lot of activity happening at the uh, Department of Labor as far as transformation. So thank you uh, for the opportunity, first of all. Um, so I, I usually like to start uh, with talking a little bit about what the Department of Labor does for the American citizens. Uh, I think we sort of uh, um, uh, get to hear about the jobs numbers and, and people equate us to that. Um, so we actually protect 401ks and everybody's retirement plans. Uh, we provide uh, transition assistance to all the veterans coming in uh, in, in coordination with uh, Veteran Affairs. Uh, we run job core centers. Uh, we are the beginning of every temporary work visa that is issued by DHS. We do the labor certification and prevailing wage analysis. Um, we, are in, uh, we are in the apprenticeships uh, to promote apprenticeships across the nation as well. Uh, so there is a whole host of uh, activities other than the statistical activities that we do from a BLS perspective. So that diversity uh, of program areas sort of is, is challenging from a IT perspective uh, to, to meet the needs uh, uh, across the department. What we've done over the last three years is, is tackled uh, uh, transformation in two big chunks. One is around the commodities of IT. It's almost like you cannot talk about eating healthy on an empty stomach. So if you don't have your basics, like your laptop, your Wi-Fi, or all of those things across the 350 locations that we have, um, then you just cannot talk about the transformation Table piece. Stage, right? right. Yeah. So I think, I think we've made significant progress on that. We've uh, uh, found uh, 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 things like leasing and other things to, to sort of find the resources to transform that area and we've reached uh, most of our offices across the nation. Uh, now, uh, over the last year and a half or so, we have pivoted and we are focused on providing the mission uh, applications, transforming that, 
uh, getting out of the legacy that uh, we have uh, that builds in any federal agency that is as old as ours. Um, and we are focused on providing uh, uh, these, uh, uh, reforming these citizen services. Uh, one big example I'll give you is, uh, I talked about temp visa and how we are the beginning of uh, uh, issuing a labor certification. Mm -hmm. That used to be issued on a currency paper. And all that currency paper used to be stapled by employers and sent to DHS for applying for a visa, right? So I'm, I'm pleased to report that very soon we will be getting out of that business and you will get your labor certification in an electronic, uh, uh, just like a boarding pass you get uh, yeah. when you get onto a flight. And, uh, that, and we will send these labor certification directly to DHS. Outstanding, really modernizing, pushing up the value chain. Maria, I know that you uh, faced a lot of technical debt when you got over there at the SBA. You've done a masterful job of, of uh, that journey. Tell us about what's happening over at SBA. What are you guys up to? Oh, uh, just a lot going on. You know, when you look over the last three years, you know, we support 30 million small businesses and entrepreneurs across the United States, access to capital They're training, the engine of this country. all of that. Yeah. So, you know, we are very um, citizen-focused, very citizen-facing on everything we're doing. But with that technical deficit, you know, I've I've been there almost three years now, um, wow. and we really focused in on that foundation for the year one, mm -hmm. tackling our entire stack, our network, our infrastructure, upgrading, all of those things, and then moving into, you know, those enterprise programs, setting the foundation for those. So we're building a house, right? So we set the foundation, we're putting the walls up, and now we're continuing to, to build on that over the course of three years. So we've tackled not only the network, the infrastructure, all the commodity stuff Gundeep talked about, but um, focused on employee productivity in the beginning, stabilizing the infrastructure, the network, and now we've laid the foundation for enterprise um, programs. That's the, the data layer, um, putting in place the network so that we can support you know Skype for Business, doing video across the network. Um, we've now moved into um, SD-WAN, uh, putting out our first pilots on that, um, you know, really driving that modernization across the board. So, you know, we've gone from the foundational stuff that mm -hmm. IT does to starting to build the foundation on those enterprise programs. And now in year three, we are executing on those enterprise programs, um, whether it's the employee productivity, whether it's um, that data layer across the board, standardizing all of our tools, our products, our cloud solutions. Mm -hmm. So we've really taken some very big major steps um, uh, over the last three years, and I'm looking forward to the next year. Yeah, really sort of out of all the pliers and wires and sort of the basics uh, up the value chain and really uh, enabling the uh, uh, the folks at SBA to deliver deliver on the promise to the yeah, citizens, I mean, right? when you look at SBA.gov, our yeah. public facing, you know, revamping everything from uh, the website to moving to um, we're getting ready to launch on login.gov yeah. and starting to consolidate. That's fantastic. Chris, um, you look at it from a different perspective. You see a lot of these activities going on uh, across the community. Tell us what's going on over at Ruckus and give us, uh, give us an update as to, you know, what's, uh, what's going on programmatically as far as the modernization journey. Um, yeah, thanks, Luke. You know, the first thing, it, Comscope recently purchased um, Aris and Ruckus, um, and it's uh, you know, an $11 billion company, 30,000 employees, uh, that uh, offers a, a new set of technologies um, through one company. So if you look at uh, the combination of 
public and private LTE, um, the transition to Wi-Fi 6, and then secure, monitored, structured cabling. We really think we have a kind of a unique offering um, that we can provide the government, but not only the government, um, the service providers. Um, so if you look at uh, where agencies are going and some of the issues they face, we see several of them moving to as a service models um, on the network, really allowing service providers to do what they've done um, in the commercial space and moving that um, into the government. It's, I think over uh, my career, uh, when I first started, government led um, with the new technologies. I think we've kind of reached a standpoint now, which I think is good for the government, where a lot of the things that they want to do is being done in the commercial space. Which is okay, but I'll tell you that 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 plumbing, I'll call it, that those pipes are really important for a modern experience. You've got to have that type of technology readily available wherever, whenever, down to the mobile device, et cetera. It's super important. Carl, how about at U.S. Marshals? I know you all have been on a journey. Uh, I suspect that uh, some of the things that we heard is some of the things that, that you all are doing over there at the, the Marshals Service. Tell us about what's happening there from an infrastructure, from a modernization, the whole transformation. So I think it's important to uh, go ahead and talk about what the Marshals does. That's a good uh, as idea. Part of this because if you've watched The Fugitive, uh, that movie, <laughs> you, you have a mindset of what we do. Um, well, that's one piece, right? That's, yeah, yeah that, and that's what I'd like to point out is it's actually a lot more complex than that. Uh, so chasing fugitives is obviously something we do. Uh, but what we spend a lot of our time doing, and a vast majority of our budget is on handling prisoners. So right now there are 61,000, as uh, the last report I have, fairly un unwilling customers of ours um, <laughs> that mm -hmm. uh, we are, are keeping. And we do about 850,000 productions to court uh, every year, and that's where we bring a prisoner to court. Do about 200,000 to various year-to-year -year prisoner movements across the nation. Uh, we also take care of judicial security. So if you go to a district courthouse, a federal courthouse, those are going to be our contract guards there. Those mm -hmm. are going to be our deputies there. Mm -hmm. We guard the judges. There's about 2,500 to 3,000 federal judges we take care of, make sure that they're kept safe in case there's a threat. Um, and then uh, the other, other activities, uh, but the, I think my favorite is the Asset Forfeiture Division. Uh, because uh, it makes staff meeting fun to go to, to hear what's going on with them. We recently sold a luxury yacht, auctioned it off uh, for $65 million. Wow. Uh, yeah, so, um, <laughs> and, and what I want to point out is that uh, those, uh, those funds go back to victim compensation funds. So uh, it's not what you, you may hear. Uh, but uh, the other thing we've auctioned off are things like bitcoins. And we okay. had to figure out how to do that. So what I point out is it's a very varied mission, and uh, we have a lot of IT systems that have to support that. So I think the, if I were going to talk about one of the big modernization efforts, it would be uh, the modernization of our case management system. So that case management system has three primary areas we're working on. Judicial security management, uh, the prisoner operations, and then the investigations, which is the fugitive tracking. Uh, that, uh, that project is, uh, was started a couple of years ago. We have delivered the judicial security portion of it. It mm -hmm. saved us 50,000 hours so far, uh, 50,000 labor hours. Wow. Uh, alone for just that component of the system. Uh, prisoner operations has been deployed to Maine and Delaware as pilots. We're now going to roll that across the, the rest of the nation. And then they've started the development portion. This is all using agile methods. 
uh, on the investigations. So over the next couple of years, that'll be rolling out. And this is fundamentally going to change how the marshals work because now instead of having one million lines of Java uh, that the old system ran on, uh, you know, we were we're the oldest law federal law enforcement agency formed in 1789. I like to joke that our JADIS, our current uh, system, came on in 1790, <laughs> um, and I think some of my employees were there to see it. Um, so. Uh, but the, uh, you know, that system uh, is a thick client, have to use it on a computer. The new system is going to be mobile. It's made to be flexible. We can change it as needed. We can talk more about that later. Sure. But it's going to fundamentally change it. Well, it's interesting because what you're hearing here is, you know, you're transforming the business, right? And you're modernizing yes. in this modern way. It's awesome to hear that. Sanjay, how about SAIC? I know you have a perspective where you, you've been in federal service. You're now... Uh, seeing things from across the community. What, what's it looking out there as, as everyone's on this transformation journey? No, and, and you said it well, Luke, in the sense of it is a transformation journey and it's pretty personal to every agency. Um, I think I, I, we are a 25,000 person uh, company, but we are, we're privileged enough to serve both on the federal, federal civilian side, on the DOD side and national security. So we're seeing a lot across the different ways. But like I said, I think every agency is seeing it as a personal journey. It's not easy enough to say, hey, what I did one agency is the same as another. I agree with Maria and uh, Nadeep, what they said, you know, it started out in the last couple of years, everyone was getting into that point of getting those foundational technologies correct and making sure that they're, they're right, they're ready to receive modernization. Along with that was a literacy aspect of a lot of the employees that we have in the federal government understanding what modernization meant, because when, when we first started out, there was a fear of, hey, my job's going to get replaced, or I'm not going to be able to do the things that I want to do the same way. And people have started to understand that this technology modernization is really going to help them, as you said, change the business. So that, that uh, cultural acceptance, that we're starting to see a lot more of. So people are now ready to say, you know, we talk about AI, right? What are the business cases for AI? A couple of years ago, there weren't a whole lot. I mean, the technology is good, the technology is there, but people really didn't understand how to apply it. I think after these couple of years, we're now starting to see across the board, people are coming forward with business cases of what to do, how to change it, and really, that's the, that's the benefit of modernization, is how do you change the business to be better uh, serve the customers and constituents. And all of a sudden do all these things that uh, you couldn't even dream of doing right. before, right? And I have seen, I think we've all seen, we're just a, a small microdose of of um, you know um, different types of, of, of um, skill sets into an environment can blossom into this whole yep. transformation uh, journey. You know most IT employees uh, uh, understand sort of the basic concepts; they just haven't been exposed to some of these That's these right. new modern techniques. And once they start to see some of that, it just uh, lights up like spades. Uh, Sue Raphael, there's a lot of activity going on at VA, a whole bunch of modernization happening there. Boy, talk about a transformation journey. Uh, tell us what's happening at, at the, uh, the VA these days. Well, thank you, Luca. Yeah. It's great to be here with you and the panel. Uh, I would say it's exciting time to be at the VA. I think uh, VA is undergoing the largest IT transformation in its history. To paraphrase Secretary, uh, VA Secretary Wilkie, VA is not in the cusp of transformation. It's in the middle of it. And to kind of right. give a sense of what's going on. IT, it's a massive IT transformation that's touching every aspect of the VA. To give some context, similar to what Gundeep did, VA provides benefits, healthcare, and memorial services to millions and millions of veterans. And this is, there's no greater mission than what we're doing at the VA. And I think it's important for people to understand that it's not just one, it's multiple initiatives that VA is going to interplay with this transformation. 
And also just to kind of say, the move, movement that we've done is we've changed from taking a buy first approach. What I mean by that is VA has had a history of building its own tools. We've realized that the commercial world has done a better job. Where our mission is to provide service and care to our veterans. So what we're gonna do is do the buy first approach. Take advantage of that much. Sure. The forefront of these are three major systems that we're gonna replace legacy. Electronic health records, our financial management system, as well as our medical and logistics supply chain. Just to take the electronic health record system. VA is the largest integrated healthcare system in the country. So just think about that in terms of what we're trying to transform. This new solution will give instant access to doctors to follow our veteran, whether their care is provided DOD, whether their care is provided the VA, or at the private sector. And then this is just one of our initiatives. So really what we want to do is we want to make sure that these initiatives are working together. So my office ensures that there's integration and interoperability with these and other large-scale efforts. So just like everybody else here, we're all busy in terms of making sure that we're successful in terms of IT modernization. Big activity, big role. Henry, how about at uh, Cloudera? Tell us, uh, first of all, what, what is that? What does that company do? And then tell us a perspective, because I know you have, again, a unique perspective where you're seeing this across the community. Uh, tell us about what's happening in the transformation journey, modernization journey. Sure, there, there's several different areas of the transformation journey, and one of the areas that we're highly focused in is priority for moving to cloud and shared services uh, across many different agencies. And, and what that's looked like over the last few years as those priorities have shifted out, it's been, an, it's been a pendulum, right? Get everything into the cloud, you know, everything on premise. And, and we've been watching, uh, watching those initiatives and helping to, um, to, to get more progress in that space. And one of the things that we're doing is increasing the effectiveness on the move to cloud and share services, where recognizing the strategic needs for hybrid and multi-cloud strategy and deployments, right, that um, not everything is meant to be in a cloud. I think that's one of the things that you're starting to see a reaction in, 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 in the government space is uh, reaction to cost and, and how we're, we're deploying the flexibility that, uh, that they have and needing to be able to do multi-cloud multi and continue to do on-premise from a cost perspective. And then the data layer that several of you spoke on is that how do you maintain governance, security, and enterprise readiness across those different environments. So at Cloudera, that's one of the things that we're focused on is providing um, an enterprise data uh, cloud service and, and, and providing that in those different spaces. Yeah, and I think it's really important. And there's a delicate balance, right? Everything has to be done uh, for the right reasons at the right time under the right circumstances. And, and just because you're moving something into another environment, i.e. a cloud, certainly doesn't mean you're, you're obfuscating your responsibility there in regards to oversight and security and everything else. So I'll, uh, we'll talk more about that when we come back, but we're going to take a short break. You're listening to the Federal Executive Forum on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. At Cloudera, they believe the data can make what is impossible today possible tomorrow. Cloudera empowers the public sector to transform complex data into clear and actionable insights for government agencies and organizations. Cloudera delivers an enterprise data cloud for any data, anywhere from the edge to AI, powered by the relentless innovation of the open source community. Cloudera advances mission-critical digital transformation for the public sector's largest enterprises. Learn more at cloudera.com. IT modernization is at the forefront of our customers' missions. SAIC helps to lower maintenance costs, apply new technologies, address security, and meet end-user needs to deliver better results. 
We put our customers' needs first and infuse our expertise in mission understanding to bring the right solutions to bear, leveraging innovative technology to disrupt today so we can simplify tomorrow. SAIC, we are redefining ingenuity. Visit us at saic.com forward slash IT modernization. Solving federal networking challenges just got better. With Ruckus Networks, now part of Comscope, we understand federal networks demand agility, reliability, and security to protect and serve our citizens. The better solution is here. With over 20 years experience supporting mission-critical requirements with trusted switching technology and now outstanding wireless offerings, Ruckus Networking Solutions deliver superior network performance in any environment. Visit ruckusnetworks.com slash fedradio to learn how our innovations help you achieve your mission. Welcome back to the Federal Executive Forum on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. With me on today's show are Gandeep Alawalia, Department of Labor, Maria Rote with the SBA, Chris Kalora with Ruckus Networks Federal, Carl Mathias with U.S. Marshals, Sanjay Sadar with SAIC, Sir Raphael with Askadum, Sir Raphael with Asadam, Department of Veterans Affairs, and Henry Sowell with Cloudera. Uh, we're talking about IT modernization and IT transformation, and we want to talk about a specific program now. Maria, can you give us a specific program that you all have been working on at the SBA? You know, uh, we've been on this, I call it a digital transformation, not a not necessarily IT modernization, because we've been really touching every aspect of, of SBA. I have this vision of a 360 view of our customer. We have lots of stovepipes across SBA, and having that 360 view, that end-to-end life cycle of our customers from every point they touch across SBA has been that that star out there, you know, this mm-hmm. is this is where we're driving to. Um, and, and when you look at all the moving pieces and parts we've had, I look at it like a puzzle, right? There's a lot going on. So we've got a lot of projects that are that are happening. I want to talk about two very specific that are near and dear to many people's heart in the federal government. One of them is is as I've been driving um, digital transformation, modernization, really thinking about being innovative in what we're doing and taking some very big steps. Um, the tick pilot that we did with in partnership with DHS um, about a year and a half ago mm. that informed the tick policy that that recently came out. Um, that was one example of how we're really trying to drive innovation. The other one in again in partnership with DHS is our CDM pilot. When we moved to the cloud, because I was I refused to buy any more hardware, and I don't think my thought my folks really thought about what it meant when I said no new hardware in our data centers. They didn't know what that meant. Um, I did. But Sounds moved, pretty straightforward. Yeah, right. <laughs> but when you think about it, no yeah. new hardware, you go, uh, okay, no new hardware, and we're closing it down. But what that meant is we're moving to the cloud. Sure. You know, it, if it doesn't need to stay on prem, it's moving. Right. Mm-hmm. I said, get us to four racks in our primary data center, and that was kind of scary to people. But we moved very fast to the cloud, and we've got you know, a multi-cloud environment, but how do we monitor and manage that environment? How do we maintain that? Um, and we have turned up many of the tools that are cloud-based to monitor all of our on-prem and our multi-cloud environment. Mm-hmm. So in partnership with DHS, we have really re-looked at what CDM means, continuous diagnostic and mitigation, mm-hmm. what it really means, that it's not tool-driven, it's about capabilities and about being able to see and you know who, what, where, what's going on in your network, all those aspects. And that, and that we've taken all of that data, and not only are we using cloud-based tools 
for multi-cloud environments, getting all the feeds in and all of our on-prem, we can monitor and manage all the way down to our mobile devices. So I can manage all the way down to that, and I have visibility on my entire network today. So in partnership with DHS, those that CDM pilot, um, we're, we're trying to rethink that it's not just about the tools, it's about the data and what you do with that. And not only have we taken that data, we've redone the dashboard, and we put uh, Power BI right on top of that. So the phase one, two, three, four, you know, the different phases sure. of CDM, we've overlaid dashboards on top of the data that we're doing with cloud-based tools, and we've really rethought what CDM could be. Um, and that's part of you know our transformation and one of the projects where really driving innovation and and pushing the team to think outside the box in terms of what's possible. Right, Let's I think it. it's great to see OMB really partnering with various specific agencies and allowing you guys to get out front, work through some of these things, knock the kinks out so it can be deployed and adopted across uh, the interagency. Sanjay, how about at SAIC? Can you give us a specific example uh, maybe in one of these uh, various agencies that you all are working with um, uh, that you'd like to highlight? Yeah, no, I can definitely, we can talk about two. I'm going to take Maria's lead and talk about two here. Um, you know, we do get to see a lot of agencies and how they're moving on sure. uh, different areas. Uh, one, I'll highlight the GSA COE programs that we're working with at USDA. That's been a huge success for what GSA was trying to do, what USDA was trying to do, in the sense of moving them from an organization that made decisions, I don't want to say on a gut feel, but without a lot of data, to where they're using data very effectively to make decisions. Uh, Secretary Purdue has really pushed down on USDA that every decision has to be a database decision. So when we modernized that, it was understanding all of the aspects of where the data uh, was and where we are creating dashboards, creating uh, data analytics uh, tools, so they can do that. So rural areas can you know, drill down into their data and see what underserved populations there are from whether it's a hospital nearby or where the agriculture is working, where uh, jobs need to be created. They're, they can see all of that and make real uh, good decisions. USD has done a phenomenal job of actually getting that out, getting that ready, and moving that forward. That laid the foundation for them to be able to say, hey, let's start modernizing or digital transformation in other areas. That's definitely one. The other one is GSA itself. Uh, on GSA themselves, they also they do, like everybody else, there's a lot of customer service that they're working on, both inside GSA and out to the customer. They've modernized their whole um, ITSM, their technology management systems, to say, look, we're going to look at how we do customer service across the board. Where are we looking at everything? They're ServiceNow providers, so we work with them quite a bit. But overlaying performance analytics, you know, how long does it take to service a customer? What are the real factors that are affecting that service? Those kind of technology improvements have really started benefiting how they deliver service out. Right. Those are two great things. And two huge agencies really on the move. Uh, Sue Raffaella, over at VA, you talked about two or, or three, I guess, areas that you're working on. Highlighted one, maybe you can talk about one of the other ones that you're working on from a programmatic perspective. So I think uh, for VA modernization, success means being able to deliver services to veterans where are, wherever they are digitally. Right. And really, if you think about it, we put veterans at the center of everything that we do. And furthermore, the veteran population is changing. They're getting younger. So we want to be able to keep pace uh, with this veteran population. And we also want to be able to provide services and care the way they want to receive it. So two examples of these are really how do we provide a digital future. The first one that we did really is looked at the way they interact with us. 
we developed a new streamlined website called va.gov. The experience that the feedback that we got was they had a fragmented, fractured experience with us. Right. They weren't able to get their services information that they wanted. They wanted to receive it. Mm-hmm. The feedback that they gave us is they want to have the same experience that they do in the private sector, similar to online banking. So we revamped this uh, website to make sure that it's seamless, experience similar to a single front door. Along the same line as this, in terms of even the apps, VA has dozens of apps out there. So what we did is launched last month, or this actually this current month, VA Launchpad. What this does is it puts everything into one place, a single mm-hmm. sign-on, a veteran is able to access their care the way that they want to do it. Similar to this, a second example I want to provide in terms of this digital feature is telehealth. Telehealth, when you think of telehealth, VA is an industry leader in telehealth. Just last year, we provided over a million telehealth consultations. Wow. And if you think That's about impressive. it, about 4.7 million veterans of ours are in rural areas. Sure. Half of these telehealth visits were provided in rural area. So this kind of gives you a context of in terms of how we're industry leaders, how we're going to be able to shape this, and we're also kind of developing these partnerships to be able to make sure that we deliver these services that they want to get it, and also to make sure that they get the access and care and services that they need to be able to get. So that digital feature has really been our focus in really enabling our employees, our physicians to deliver those services and really focus on the veteran. How do they get the care that they want, the service that they need, the way they want to be able to receive it? It's amazing. I mean, it's really digital transformation at scale. It's impressive. Chris, how about at Ruckus? Can you give us an example of a, a program out there that you'd like to highlight, uh, something that the listeners, listening audience would certainly be curious about? Sure. Yeah, and, and like the others, I'm going to break this into two categories. So I, I think you have um, the standard upgrade modernization path that a lot of agencies have done over time on networks. And you know, we've had great success with the Navy, which has you know, if, you know, probably the second largest network in the world only to the Internet when you look at um, NMCI. Uh, so we were able to provide um, networking equipment that was reduced logistical costs and, and aided in the deployment um, of, of that massive network upgrade. Uh, so that you know, definitely one of our, our highlights of a, a major upgrade for a huge scaled network. Sure. Um, the other thing that we see is I think a lot of uh, agencies struggle with um, vendor lock-in, you know, kind of, you know, I've always kind of laughed, you know, that a lot of times procurement agencies think that getting three quotes for the same vendor is competition, mm. right? It's really not. So one of the Wait things... Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Call the press. Um, but uh, if you look at um, what the DOD, the Intel community um, have done, they've set out standards. They have, you know, APLs, uh, product lists, a well-documented process for getting products certified, mm-hmm. and they have multi-vendor networks. And at the largest scale, they work. Not always so much on the on the civilian side. Right. What we see as kind of um, the thing that we help with transformation is going to be um, as a service networking. So what this does is allow the agencies to put up an SLA that they need, and then let the service provider worry about the functionality. Also mm-hmm. gives them the ability then to change their requirements without them having to bear the full you know, um, capital cost of changing that network. So we've seen, you know, I'll highlight the VA, so uh, talk about servicing the veteran, probably not more important time to service them when they're in the hospital. So sure. we've seen it as a service um, offerings start to come out for guest access, right? So you know, when they're in the waiting room, they can get access. Yep. Internet, which is, you know, like you said, that, that generation's getting 
younger, um, they expect that. It's not you know some a nice to have anymore. So it's just one of the ways we see um, agencies breaking down that vendor lock-in yeah. and moving towards a service model that allows them to use you know their funds and their time better. Different expectation from all the citizens, I would imagine. Uh, Gun Deep, how about at labor? Can you give us some examples there of uh, some some uh, activity, maybe one program you want to highlight? Sure. First of all, I'm still trying to get Tommy Lee Jones out of my head. <laughs> when I see Carl, I can, I can only see that now. Um, I think uh, uh, at Labor, uh, the, the program that I would like to highlight is the form uh, using the DOL IT platform mm -hmm. to get out of the uh, legacy debt and also implement new programs into it. So what we've built is, we, we all have tools, right? We have every tool under the sun. Um, but what we've not been able to do is use them effectively on a turnkey basis to churn out programs uh, when, when they're needed. Um, so a rendition of that platform uh, is the apprenticeship.gov that we came out with. Mm -hmm. It is a presidential priority, uh, and we were able to knit this together. Uh, it was supposed to be one-stop shop for all things apprenticeship, mm -hmm. for employers, sure. uh, for uh, apprenticeship seekers, et cetera. So we the used- The blue button of labor. Yeah, yeah. so, so mm -hmm. we used the platform um, to, to follow a model where we are a, uh, a knitting of network, just mm. like hotels.com, mm. rather than uh, create something that is very, uh, that gets outdated very quickly. Uh, and we utilized all the modern technologies to make that happen. Um, the same platform was used to uh, be the foreign labor application gateway. We call it the flag. Uh, for employers to apply for labor certification so that they can get temporary workers into the country. Mm. The same platform was utilized to, uh, to create a CXO dashboard so that we can pivot as an agency uh, to make decisions and make all of the data available to the right person at the right time when the decisions have to be made. The same platform was also built uh, to, uh, to, to transform our office of federal compliance programs, so they've gone completely electronic across the nation as well, utilizing the same platform. Um, Congress always likes to throw wrenches, uh, mm -hmm. so uh, in our foreign labor certification program, they decided that uh, uh, the Mariana Islands would also have the capability to hire temp workers mm -hmm. and seasonal workers, and the platform was there, so the legislation came out and we were able to turn it around and provide that capability from an IT perspective within months of that law being enacted. Sounds incredible, one modern platform where you can just stack all these mm -hmm. business applications on top of it, it's incredible. Yeah. Of course, the whole town's gonna wanna know more about that platform. <laughs> um, Carl, how about at uh, US Marshalls? You're talking about one program that you all were working on. Maybe you could highlight another. I know you guys are doing some really cool stuff over there. Sure. Um, so if uh, you know what I would say is we're being a component CIO is the funnest job you'll ever have. Um, I agree with that. Especially when you're operational. Um, so uh, let me focus on operations and what we do with operations. So when people are out in the field, we want them out there. Uh, we don't want our deputies sitting in the office. And so uh, I'm going to say this: modernizing your IT is the easy thing to do. Uh, modernizing the culture that uses that IT is the difficult thing to do. And that's what we focused on at the Marshalls is to develop the trust of our operational partners. The deputies are gonna go into the field to say, what do you need? Don't think we can't do some really magical stuff. And we have. 
It uh, used to be that if they didn't want to run warrants, information, criminal histories on a fugitive, that they would need to go back to a computer or they would need to ask a state or local officer for assistance with that who would call a dispatcher. It was a time-consuming process. And meanwhile, you've got somebody potentially dangerous shackled up in front of you, uh, and, and that's not a good situation to be in. So what we did was said, let's work together with the operational community to develop a portable way to do that. Let's make sure we're emphasizing mobility in what we do. And so we developed an iPhone application uh, that also runs Android uh, with partnering with Palantir on this. And, uh, and the FBI assisted. I cannot express thanks enough to the FBI. Now they can go in, type in a name, scan a driver's license, scan an uh, automobile plate, a boat plate, uh, and get uh, the criminal, the information back in seconds, including criminal history, anything like that. Um, we used that successfully to, uh, in the beginning, and then they said, well, can we also look up fingerprints? Because you know this may shock everybody at the table, but uh, our unwilling customers often lie about who they are. Um, and so uh, we were able to uh, get a small fingerprint reader that ties to the phone, and so now uh, we can uh, scan their fingerprints on the spot and within seconds know exactly who we're dealing with. And this cuts down what the deputies call the name game, uh, uh, that, that's played with this. If you've watched TV shows, uh, you know the, what happens out there. Uh, this cuts that down to nothing. So the, the net effect is that now the deputies are more effective at catching people who have warrants, dangerous people who have warrants who need to be brought in, whether it's state, local, or federal. Uh, at the same time, this has built a dependency on this technology that means now making sure that that phone works is a top priority. So not only modernize the mobility of the phone, we've sure. also gone back and modernized our ITSM. So we moved off our on-premise solution into ServiceNow, software as a service solution in the cloud, uh, to make sure that, and also teamed up with ATF to combine help desk, fully managed help desk, uh, and now our response times are so fast uh, that uh, the majority of the calls are for password resets because the automated password reset is slower than calling our help desk wow. and having them reset it. And so uh, they can do everything right from the phone. Really modernizing that whole experience and I'm sure hardening that phone, reliability, security on that phone for remote NCIC checks, that's incredible. Uh, Henry, how about a Cloudera? Can you give us an example of a specific program that uh, you'd like to highlight? Sure. Um, another priority is on the cybersecurity front, modernization sure. on, on that 100%. side of it. Um, and one of the challenges that we've seen, we've seen some agencies uh, dropping as much as 90% of their network data uh, for analysis because of storage and other other restrictions. We've seen um, we've seen some agencies only keeping three months of their data because on the uh, on the um, legacy. Uh, cyber platforms, that is what they could afford to keep. And and what we've introduced is a Cloudera cybersecurity platform is a way to have a scalable uh, cybersecurity platform that allows you to use modern techniques uh, such as machine learning and access to IoT. So from the edge uh, to AI that you're able to um, gain insight into your data. And we've recently deployed this at, uh, at scale at a government agency and seen really great effects. And, and the level and, of data that they're able to keep now, that where um, incidents are occurring on average seven months out from being recognized, 
reducing that time frame, but also allowing the, the investigators to see back through history their data sets and be able to do um, modern investigations. Fantastic. So Some real deep analytics there. Sounds impressive. All right. Well, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Federal Executive Forum on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. IT modernization is at the forefront of our customers' missions. SAIC helps to lower maintenance costs, apply new technologies, address security, and meet end-user needs to deliver better results. We put our customers' needs first and infuse our expertise in mission understanding to bring the right solutions to bear, leveraging innovative technology to disrupt today so we can simplify tomorrow. SAIC, we are redefining ingenuity. Visit us at SAIC.com forward slash IT modernization. Solving federal networking challenges just got better. With Ruckus Networks, now part of Comscope, we understand federal networks demand agility, reliability, and security to protect and serve our citizens. The better solution is here. With over 20 years experience supporting mission-critical requirements with trusted switching technology and now outstanding wireless offerings, Ruckus Networking Solutions deliver superior network performance in any environment. Visit ruckusnetworks.com slash fedradio to learn how our innovations help you achieve your mission. At Cloudera, they believe that data can make what is impossible today possible tomorrow. Cloudera empowers the public sector to transform complex data into clear and actionable insights for government agencies and organizations. Cloudera delivers an enterprise data cloud for any data, anywhere from the edge to AI, powered by the relentless innovation of the open source community. Cloudera advances mission-critical digital transformation for the public sector's largest enterprises. Learn more at cloudera.com. Welcome back to the Federal Executive Forum on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. With me on today's show are Gun Deep, Alawalia with the Department of Labor, Maria Rote with the SBA, Chris Colora with Ruckus Network Federal, Carl Mathias with U.S. Marshals, Sanjay Sadar with SAIC, Sue Raphael Asadam with Department of Veterans Affairs and Henry Sowell with Cloudera. We're going to start talking about lessons learned. Let me start with you, Carl. And I like to ask this question on a positive or a negative, right? It doesn't have to be one or the other. It can be both. Uh, Lessons learned as you're going on this transformation modernization journey. Uh, so I'd, I'd say three things. Um, first, uh, back to modernizing the culture is probably the difficult thing to do. Uh, you need to be, you need to encourage the, your operators that you're working with, your operational people, or, or if you're building an administrative application, those people uh, to think outside the box. Uh, I know that's an overused phrase. Uh, I use it in two ways. Number one, I get my own staff out of the office, get them out of that box. And I've actually sent them out in the field. I have great pictures of my CTO in body armor holding a ram for a door. But they learned a lot uh, going out yes. and seeing how it happens. Yep. The second thing is when you're actually developing the modernized solution, the IT, you need product owners sitting in there with you. And they can't just recreate the same old processes uh, using new IT. You need to be thinking how you're going to do work differently to make the most effective use of that. And I would encourage, think differently to see how you would like to operate and bring the IT in to support that. So that's number one. Second is, and related to that first one, is being agile. I can't overemphasize this enough. You're, the people you're doing this for have to own the product 
and, and uh, move, you know, take care of that and work with you. The third thing is don't own any hardware, we move to the cloud. So I'm with uh, Maria on that. I've said the same thing, no more hardware buys. There you go. And um, we're gonna jump right over to Maria and ask her lessons learned. Just give us one so that we can get around the horn before we have to go to our closing. Top lesson learned. Top lessons learned. I think on top of what Carl said, uh, take risk. Um, not just the federal employees or is the CIO being able to accept risk. I'm not saying be in an orange jumpsuit, that kind of risk, but um, <laughs> but, but well, that's accept okay. risk. Carl, take care of you. If you get it. Right. Thanks, Carl. He's going to find you. But take, take risk, take measured risk, mm -hmm. accept risk. Um, don't be afraid to do things and really kick the tires on stuff. And that's just not for the federal staff, but for my contractors as well. I need them all to work together as a team. We're all there for the SBA mission, those entrepreneurs and small businesses out there. But I think accepting risk is one of the lessons learned that I think it's very hard for people to do. And that, that as the CIO, I'm accepting risk. So I expect my sure. folks to accept that, as well as knowing that I am not going to shoot the messenger if yeah. something breaks. Um, if a mistake is made, pick yourself up, brush yourself off. I'm not going to shoot you. Fix it. Let's move on. Take some risk, but make sure they're measured. Sue Raphael, how about a VA? Top lesson learned. I think we've been very deliberate in identifying lessons learned across the government industry. Uh, we've identified three, I'll, I'll make it very quick, three pillars of the across lessons learned. Transform systems, improve operations, and make sure we empower people. In terms of transforming systems, we're making sure we get commercial off the, commercial off the cost products. In terms of simplifying operations, we know this is technology, technology implementation, but we gotta make sure that we change the way we operate our workflow and then empowering people. This is a cultural change. We gotta make sure folks understand that change management is key in terms of implementation. Unleash that brain power, gun deep. Top lesson learned at labor as you go on your journey. So culture eats strategy for lunch. I've heard that before. So I think uh, culturally uh, shifting not only the internal workforce to think differently uh, and celebrate um, not only success, but failures. Uh, I think it's extremely important yeah. to do that. Uh, it's all learning experience. It's all in le learning experience. Uh, I would say speed. Uh, of, of change in the government is also extremely important along with persistence. Mm -hmm. So persistence and speed is extremely important. Otherwise, enterprise projects sort of collapse because they don't, people don't feel the change quick enough. Right, right, gotta see it. Yep. Sanjay, top lesson learned. Yeah, so along with what everybody said so far, <laughs> um, I think when you look at this uh, from a transformation perspective, focus on the outcome, focus on what's going on. Don't just transform technology for the uh, sake of transforming technology. I love the idea of going to you know no hardware anywhere, um, <laughs> but you know focus on why we're doing that. What is the uh, uh, final outcome of how we're serving our constituents, our citizens, and where we are? You know it's important to do this transformation. Obviously, we're getting off that gravel road, getting onto a superhighway. But if we're driving on that superhighway with a you know horse and cart, it's not gonna it's not gonna work. So we need to transform our business to then transform and meet the outcomes that we're looking you for. You got it. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna uh, paint a picture of the future. Henry, maybe you can weave in your lesson learned there on this uh, on this uh, question. Uh, but tell us what, what what's it look like when we look out over a couple of years? Uh, what's it gonna look like from Cloudera's perspective? Yeah, so again, I think this is this is tied back a lot to what the panel said on culture. Uh, it, one we've seen um, we've seen some government agencies leave is 99% of their data in siloed 
pieces where they don't have access to it. So changing the frame of reference to uh, that mission uh, mission uh, data is critical to everything that's trying to accomplish. So we're going to see uh, transformation to better access to that, for all the way to IoT devices where we're doing fingerprinting on, 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 on those devices. How do we gain access to it? How do we apply machine learning at the edge? How do we get that out to uh, the ones that are, are, are driving our missions forward? I think we're going to continue to see modernization on that front. And, and I think that does come with uh, those that are creating um, applications and designing the IT infrastructure is having that as a, a point of focus uh, is that the data is 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 very gonna, is going to be key. Data is going to be key. Sue Raphael, if I'm a vet and I'm coming into uh, coming into to being a veteran out of the service, uh, what's that experience going to look like at the VA in three years? I mean, we want to make sure, I'm going to piggyback on what Henry said, data is going to be key. And when I say data, I'm looking at two ways. One is artificial intelligence. We've hired a new director of artificial intelligence. We want to be able to unleash the huge amounts of data that we have within VA and sure. do research with it. The other one is applied program interface, APIs. We want to make sure that we get partnerships with our industry to make sure that we make it easy and seamless. We also have a lot of disruptive and emerging technology coming through. 3D printing is an example. Ooh. We want to also make sure that robotics, in terms of helping our employees, comes through. Uh, telehealth, uh, the ability for folks to get care what they want to get. So we want to make sure that we have a digital future and we want to make sure that experience is as seamless, uh, as simple, and as easy for our veterans as much as possible. Top-notch care anywhere, anytime. Sounds awesome. Sanjay, how about at SAIC? What is the, what's the future look like when you uh, look over the horizon? What are you guys cooking up over there in the Petri dish at SAIC? <laughs> <laughs> I don't disagree with anything that's been said so far. I mean, data is one of the key things that everybody has to look at because that is going to drive. It's that fuel of the economy now. Um, I will say from our perspective, we're starting to see more, like I said, the business outcomes of what, you know, what use cases. So I'll give you one real quickly. You know, uh, we have a shortage of pilots in this country from the Air Force, from everywhere else. Usually pilots are trained by using these massive simulators, I mean, million, millions and millions of dollars of simulators. When you look at the advent of data with the VR technologies that are here, the uh, RPA, AI, we've been able to create things like a virtual reality pilot training that we've built for $8,000 that we've been able to scale across the board. When you add all these technologies together to get that creative solution, then you're going to get into the point of, okay, now we're actually really using that technology to build things. So our vision of the future is combine those technologies, integrate well, look at things across the board, and figure out where those where you can actually solve real challenges. So. And really kind of maximize that uh, technology as you stitch it together. Yes. All right, Carl, so if I'm a, if I'm a judge or I'm a deputy marshal out there <laughs> uh, in the field trying to catch these bad guys, or protect these judges, um, what's that going to look like? What kind of tools, capability am I going to have in three years? Well, I, I think what I do is elevate the discussion on that to say that the modernization efforts we're taking on uh, are going to make us a lot more agile in our response to congressional requirements, uh, executive branch requirements, mm -hmm. and then the real world things that happen out there that we need to respond to as an agency and maybe shift our focus. So we, with our modernization efforts, we're going to be able to do that very quickly uh, versus our old legacy systems where it's difficult. And then additionally, what I would expect to see is the ability to scale up and down during surge periods, saving costs during those down periods, 
uh, and then also saving costs by teaming up and sharing services. That's already happening. Mm. Uh, whether we're you know going with DOJ to Office 365 and the shared instance of that, or EOU U.S. Attorney's Office mm -hmm. uh, using their VoIP implementation. So I think we'll see a lot of savings through that. Um. Uh, I would imagine that, you know, in that modern environment, as you're pointing out there, uh, you talked about sort of time to delivery is going to really greatly improve, right? You're really setting your, the stage up sort of like Gundeep, which I'm sure we'll talk about more, uh, to where that, uh, you know, w when there is a new emerging requirement, you can quickly build a, a capability and put it in the operator's hands. That's correct, because uh, we're using um, business process engineering tool sets, so sure. we can build new processes very quickly, modify the ones we have, and at the same time, you know, we use, we're completely agile in how we do work now, Right. Uh, but we're moving toward uh, SecDevOps uh, to make that even more, yep. reduce that lead time even more, so yeah, we're expecting good things. That's fantastic, immediately put that capability in the operator's hands. Chris, how about at Ruckus? Uh, what, do, what do you guys see out there uh, as you kind of look over the horizon? What's the demand signal looking like? So the, the interesting thing, I heard this mention, you know, culture. So addressing the user experience in a mobile world is key, right? Everybody wants to move to data accessible on their tablet, their phone, no matter where they are. If you look at the, the industry, right, we've come out with the 5G, LTE, um, uh, public and now with CBRS, we're having private LTE networks. We have Wi-Fi mm -hmm. six coming out. Um, IoT, huge, huge challenges and huge opportunities with IoT. Um, um, you know, in all specters, you know, civilian, DoD, and and the commercial market. So, tying those things together in an easy, manageable way um, is key. Um, one of the things we look at is you know, agency scale, or what I like to call carrier scale. So you know, the, the number of devices, number of things you're gonna have to manage are huge, right? Most enterprise solutions don't look at a scale that can scale up to a carrier level or an agency level. Right. Um, with Ruckus, Eris, uh, and now Comscope, um, we, we have that scale. Solution providers pick our solutions for that ease of management, ease of operation, which makes it possible then to scale to gov a government level. And stitch those capabilities together and, and really make it carrier class. And as we talked about, you know, just having that capability reliable at that level is going to be really important, right? People are going to expect that. They expect it now. Maria, how about, uh, you know, if you're a small business owner in three years, what's that experience going to look like? You know, over the, the next three to five years, I want single sign-on for all of our customers coming to SB for services, whether it's counseling, capital access, um, certifications, any of those services. I want to have that single sign-on. It includes identity proofing so that they only have to do that once, and right. they can get to labor, and they can mm -hmm. get to other agencies as well, so incorporating that. But for our staff to have a 360 view of that customer I talked about, Driving um, our automation, I see a lot of opportunity for RPA and ML across SBA as we start, you know, for our personnel to be able to focus on those customers, you need to automate some of the intake and some of the things that are going 100%. on. I want to see that RPA. And what that's going to drive to with that 360 view of the customer, I talked about that data layer, but also bringing in um, some of the predictive. So if I look out over the next few years, bringing in that predictive model and knowing that this is a model of our customer. They came in for capital access. 
um, and they've got a business plan and they're doing these things. So now we have a model of our customer. How can I predict what's the next thing that they may do and being able to apply AI to some of that? So I see that over the next few years. Yeah, and that's a, just a, that's a great, you know, citizen experience, right? As far as even just the log on capability, you know, it's me when I'm logging on. Now you're predicting what I need next. Uh, I think that's so fantastic. So how can I help you instead of sitting back and waiting? Right. Here's fill what out you this could form, use. fill right. out that form, fax right. this in, et cetera. Yeah, the good old days, right? Uh, <laughs> gun deep. How about at labor? Uh, if, if, you, if you look out into the future, it sounds like you've really set the table there for some, some fantastic things to continue to happen over there. What's that going to look like? What's that experience going to be in three to five years? First of all, I, I want to do all the things that the panelists want to do. Right? Of course, yeah, of course. Put yes. together. Uh-huh. Um, so, so, so I have this vision that our, our platform has has blossomed and we have paid down our legacy debt yes. in the next three years, mm-hmm. right? Which means uh, the customer experience for people who are actually consuming the Department of Labor services, whether we are protecting workers, whether we are protecting your 401ks, or we are providing training, uh, all of those things are are seamless, uh, and it is transformed digitally. Uh, we already have in the platform. We've we've integrated with uh, login.gov. Uh, I think uh, I do not think a, a employer who is reporting injuries to OSHA, or applying for temp workers through FLAG, or uh, uh, reporting to our Office of Federal Com- uh, Contract Compliance, should need three, four, five different accounts to be able to do business with the Department of Labor. Sure. Um, mobile cannot be an afterthought, right? Uh, we, we look at uh, uh, Thanksgiving uh, uh, shopping uh, sprees. I mean, 70 to 80% of the traffic is coming through that. Uh, we host and run the benefits.gov program uh, for 17 different federal agencies. Uh, and we see most of the traffic coming through mobile devices, sure. right? So it has to be, for example, we came out with apprenticeship.gov mm-hmm. and all of these uh, a flag, they are mobile enabled from day one. So you cannot uh, uh, overemphasize uh, the future generations are just not gonna have laptops and do business on desktops. Uh, so that is going to be a big focus. Internally, I think the focus has to be moving people from low value work to high value work, right? Uh, we have all these office consolidation projects. I don't want to do any wiring into the future. Yeah. Uh, we have 5G. Uh, I'm going to run a pilot this year to see how 5G and Wi-Fi can replace the RJ45 cables that I'm running through our old buildings, right? 100%. Uh, and, and move and use uh, RPA. I, I, I don't have the resources to pay down all the debt, uh, but I don't want to hire uh, talented people and convert them into data entry clerks. Right. Uh, so I want to use RPA and all of that. So internally, I feel like uh, we hire all this uh, workforce and then convert them into a legacy way of doing business. Yeah. And that has to stop. And they say, you know, I heard somebody the other day say on, on RPA, it's like, you know, I just want to take the robot out of the human so they can do higher value work. Right? <laughs> and with that, I just want to thank all of you for taking some time out of your busy schedules to join us for the program. Uh, I'd like to thank the sponsors for Without We Don't Have a Show. I'd like to thank the good people here at Federal News Radio that make this program so successful and enjoyable. And most of all, I'd like to thank you, the listening audience out there that tune in every month. You're listening to the Federal Executive Forum, part of the Federal News Network. Thank you for listening to the 2019 Federal Executive Forum series on Federal News Network, proudly celebrating 14 years. This show was produced by the Treza Media Group. 
If you missed any portion of this show, you can listen to the show in its entirety and on demand at federalnewsnetwork.com.